Johnson and welcome to Stand Tall, my podcast show. I look forward to sharing interviews and talks with and about people that create change, make an incredible difference and walk their talk. Everyone has their story, so stay with me as I hear about the layers of excellence in all walks of life. My next guest is Clay Boutwell. Clay and his wife Yumi produce books and materials to help students of Japanese language. He started the popular website for learners, thejapanesepage.com, in 2000. Clay and his wife now have established a thriving online business teaching Japanese. That's quite a niche market, isn't it, Clay? Yes, sir. It's a lot of fun, though. We enjoy every day. What first motivated or encouraged you to make the transition from regular hours to an online business? Well, it's kind of a long story, I guess. Well, I'll try to make it short here. Um, back in t- 1999, I was either just about to get married or we just got married. I can't remember. But I decided I want to do something special. I mean, the millennium, it's a new millennium. It's just something has to, I have to do something special. So naturally in the 1990s, I wanted to, I made a, I decided to make a website and that's what became thejapanesepage.com. Uh, initially it was just me teaching, uh, you know, lessons that I was learning to just kind of reinforce that, you know, I'm sure you've heard the, the, uh, the old line that you remember X amount of what you read and X amount of what you hear, but something like 95% of what you teach, you know, it's just, it's really good for reinforcing what you're learning. So I did that for a while and uh, I was just amazed at how many people would come and leave comments and email me. I was, I was uh, meeting people from all around the world. It was great. It was 1999. And then my father came to visit uh, in 2000 and he said, I was showing him and I was, I was saying, you know, look at all the people that have, have come and, and I'm meeting all these interesting people and it's just growing. It's great. He said, that's great, son, but you need to figure out a way to monetize it <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and, and at that point, I, I, you know, I was 20, uh, 24, 25, I can't remember. And I had no, I wasn't thinking about money at all. You know, I had a, a good job, of course, that was for a short term. Um, but when he said that, something clicked. And so I decided, yeah, I got to do something. And it was from that, that... Uh, we decided to to write a, our first book, you know, we, really a booklet, but on for learning hiragana. And hiragana, as you know, but just for your listeners, is one of the writing systems of Japanese. And you know that took that took a long time. It was like nine months. It was kind of like a, giving birth. <laughs> it really should have only taken about a month or two, considering how much uh, how long it is. But I was so nervous. You know, what if people hate it? What if people laugh at me? <laughs> but I said, you know, that was, that was the beginning. And so that's having that book. And then, and then when we moved back to America, uh, having the need to make money, I, uh, I, uh, put, put, the two put, together. I put the two together and I said, I, I love Japanese and I want to somehow make this my career, uh, somehow. And it just worked out. Fantastic. Just backtracking here, you lived in Fukui City in the Fukui Prefecture for three years from yes, nineteen ninety to two thousand and one. Yes, that's on the west coast, isn't it? 
It's well, it, if you look at the whole map of Japan, it's right in the middle of Japan, but it is, yes, on the uh, uh, west coast with the Nihonkai, the Japan Sea. Uh, it's, it's, it's the closest prefecture. I, I think it's the closest prefecture. I have to look at the map. <laughs> I think it's the closest prefecture to, to Korea, you know. Um, Tell me, what, mo- what motivated you to live in Japan? Oh, wow. It's the same reason why I wanted to learn Japanese. I, I met some Japanese people and it just, it just blew my mind. They were so kind, so nice, and so uh, just interesting. And you know, the Japanese culture, which I knew nothing about. But I was, um, I was a college student and I saw an ad- advertisement in a college newspaper that said, would you like to volunteer to teach English or to have conversational English with uh, international students? I said, oh, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> so every, every day after sc- after a class, I would uh, bike over to the English house and uh, I would spend, you know, a couple hours just talking to people. And I met people from all around the world, uh, but it was the Japanese people that really stuck out for me. I, I don't know what it was, why exactly. It was just they were so nice. And I just decided I want to learn Japanese. It's funny because they, they never stop getting nice, do they? The more you go back there, the more time you spend there, the, the nicer they get. Yeah, that's true, definitely. I mean, there are, there are a few people that don't particularly care for foreigners and they'll, they'll just kind of leave you alone. But even they, they, those people are usually nice. But you, you either have the, you know, one extreme <laughs> and they're like really, really nice <laughs> or they're just polite. <laughs> Why did you choose that location? I can imagine it must have been, uh, it's a beautiful part of Japan, famous for its old castles and hot springs. Yes. Um, actually, I... I uh, Went to Japan through the JET program. Uh, oh, if yeah. you're familiar with, yeah, that's the Japan and what does it stand for? Japan Exchange and Teaching Program, and it's for newly new graduates from a four-year degree. If you have a four-year degree, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, you can apply for it. And uh, at the interview, I was, you know, I got to the last stage, which was the final interview. Uh, I answered all the questions, and then finally they said, now, if you are accepted, uh, which prefecture or where would you like to be? And I just said, you know, most people say Tokyo or Osaka or, <laughs> or something. I said, anywhere, just I want to go to Japan. I don't care. <laughs> and it ended up with Fukui. They chose it for me. Beautiful, beautiful. I've seen some photos of it, and it looks lovely. Yeah, it's it's, it's country. It's a countryside, Inaka, but it's um, it's beautiful, beautiful area. So going from, which city from America did you go from? Uh, Florida. I so was living from, in. Going from Florida to Tokyo as a young man. Yes. What were some of the oh. challenges you faced getting settled at the time? Well, a JET program in the schools, they take good care of our view. And, uh, you know, everything was pretty much decided for me, even my apartment and getting the utilities done. Um, but I arrived in Tokyo in 1998. It was August, so hot. <laughs> but I was having the time of my life. We were only, uh, I was only there for a couple of days before we, we uh, shipped off to Fukui. Um, but, but they made it very easy. I mean, the only thing, I think the only one, only thing that I had to kind of do myself was to uh, set up internet. Because my, my sensei that was, was, uh, taking care of me she uh, didn't really understand internet what is that <laughs> so I, I had to kind of do that myself but other than that like I said the utilities the apartment everything was furnished by by the school so that was super easy 
That sounds really easy. When I lived in Japan in the early 90s, it was things like work and accommodation that were challenging. Mm. And I found that a real challenge to get over that. I came down to my last couple of hundred yen before I got my first pay packet. So I I did it the hard way. But I think uh, I'd heard of the JEP program at the time, but um, for some reason I didn't choose that that way at all. I think it was a little bit earlier in the piece. Mm. Uh, how long were you in Tokyo or in Japan? Just for 12 months. Oh, oh. oh I, I do remember, it. did you ever have to, I remember back in the 90s, the hard, hardest thing was uh, getting a telephone. You had to pay like a, a huge fee up front with NTT. <laughs> Seems kind of quaint right now with uh, with cell phones and everything, but yeah. it was a big deal, big deal back then. Telephone was, it was huge and getting, uh, what do they call it, key money. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, that first month, because I only, only had a limited amount of money, I think I had like $1,000 in my pocket, you know, just to buy things that absolutely needed the first month before I got my first check. <laughs> it, was, it was a little nail-biting, but uh, it worked out. Now, last year was quite a challenging year for a lot of businesses, and I've spoken to a lot of business owners and they've in different areas, and I think yeah. the, online, the online business was affected in its own way. What were some of the challenges and how did the events of 2020 influence your business? Well, um, being online and mostly digital, you know, we do sell some physical textbooks and physical products, but 95% of what we sell are our digital products, our, our ebooks mostly. Uh, on our, our, we have a monthly digital magazine called Makoto that we we produce. It, I mean, I, I, like you, like you did. I talked to also to a lot of business. Uh, owners and entrepreneurs and it was either feast or famine and you know if it was famine it was really really bad but thank god you know for us we were we we did pretty well as far as uh, we were set up already online and digital and for that short period you know maybe in march and early april last year everybody in the world seemed to want to spend their time wisely by learning japanese <laughs> which was great for us beautiful but, yeah, so it was a it was a moment of growth for us, a short period, but it was a moment of growth. And I, I, uh, I like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to. Uh, I know so many people had major challenges, but for us, it was just like the challenge was keeping up, trying to say, okay, what do we need to do next. Yes, well, I, I certainly recall that I got in contact with you and um, have been about that time, wasn't it? Yeah, studying your your work and what. And, I, 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 I basically studied it from a distance at first with a couple of PDF files and of stories and found them very interesting and found them very stimulating and not, not too difficult and they kind of suited my own level. Well, my, my, our tagline for the Makoto Izin and really for our whole business, our whole business uh, tagline, if you will, is all the fun Japanese not found in textbooks. That's our goal, you know, to make it fun. You know, we, we, we don't just teach uh, like a textbook. You know, I don't want to do what the textbooks are doing because that's a very important. I highly recommend getting a textbook to keep your learning uh, structured. But you also need some motivation. You need to, to be able to read real Japanese. That's not just Dick and Jane, if, if you maybe you don't know what that is. <laughs> but, or, um, uh, or, you know, just very simple child children's uh, stories or just very, you know, you know, overly structured textbook, but more spontaneous, more fun uh, words that you can use. 
That's, yeah, that's clear enough. I think it's amazing that working through your material, I'm still learning new ways of saying things and many of the nuances which, which I haven't heard before. And it's amazing because I've been studying Japanese since 1988. Wow. And I'm still still struggling with the conversation but i look at it as a as a daily challenge and not not something that needs to be achieved exactly it's a marathon not a sprint and it is something that you should do just well just i'm sure with martial arts it's the same thing daily a little bit every a little bit every day consistency yes exactly even if it's just 10 minutes it makes a big difference over time clay you're from florida yes and that's in the the southern. Then, do you get yes. the Zoom? Do you, do you get the Zoom on cable television? on cable television in Florida. Well, we used to have uh, the, we had a satellite. Um, it was called TV Japan. We, we, it, it was it was really expensive. It was like I don't know forty dollars a month, forty US dollars a month just for that one channel. <laughs> but we we canceled that a long time ago. But when I had that though. Every time the sumo t- tournaments would come on, it would, I, would, I would be glued to it, and I actually know who this, who the wrestlers were, and everything it was great. But not anymore. I haven't been following that in a, in a while. I was following it when I lived there. There was people like um, Konishki, which is finishing his time there, and Takanohana was 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 a famous sumo wrestler of the time, and he was the, he was the, the the golden boy of sumo wrestling. Mm. But I think now it's um, like I said, it's the the influence of the Mongolians are quite quite um, yes strong yes yes. But a fascinating sport it is indeed. Just if someone wanted to start an online business, what advice would you give them? Well, uh, the first thing would be exactly what you said online. Um, you know, and like we talked about with the pandemic, being online is a huge advantage. And being an online entrepreneur, there's so many different ways to make, whether it's a side hustle or, you know, something that you want to devote your life to, basically. So many options, so many opportunities. I think, um, first and foremost, they have to get in mind what, what it is that they're... they're, they're a goal, they're, yes. They're, they're selling and what their, their goal is and their aim is in the business, isn't it? No, that yeah, doesn't I, that that doesn't differ from regular business. You've got to have a a passion and a um, a beginning and an end product. Exactly. Yeah, I think as long as you have a, have a you know, most people, I should say, almost every person, if you've experienced life at a you know for a certain amount of time, you have something you can teach, something that you know more than most other people, or you know, even even if you're at the beginner, upper beginner level, you can still kind of teach something. There's something for you to to impart. And maybe that, you know, if it's interesting to you, you know, that you can make a business out of that. Kind of like the way we did that with, I agree with you. books, books or podcasts like you're doing or, uh, you know, through video, through YouTube. There's just so many opportunities out there. So you, what I often say is you don't need to be an expert in order to, to teach. You just need to be passionate about it. And yes, have, definitely. And have, have, have some workable knowledge. Yes, absolutely. And you will get better and better and better the more you do it. And I find that you'll agree with, I think you'll agree with me with this, that there needs to be an, uh, a whole strategy of um, how you use your social media and your um, 
your emails yes. and in this case podcasts as 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 I call it freemium product. So the stuff which is given away for free in order to enhance the quality of your business. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing with social media now. I'm afraid I'm I was a little bit late on on that game because I'm not a very social person. <laughs> but you know, I think uh, uh, for the past couple of years we've really been working trying to build Facebook and Instagram. Well, Instagram's more recent, just a couple of months really of trying to put out uh, material you know, every day. Um, but I will, would like to stress newsletters. Newsletters are like, um, they're just so important because if you sell a product, for example, on Amazon, uh, that's great, um, but you don't, they're not your customer, they're Amazon's customer. But if you have a newsletter, they're your customers. Now they may, you know, unsubscribe or, or whatever, but you have a right, you have an ability to reach these people directly through a newsletter. And it's still, I think, the absolute most um, powerful way to sell on the internet today. So I like to try to, you know, use the social media to get people, uh, for example, on Instagram, we, we do two or three uh, single images every day, which has a fun word or, you know, something interesting that with a, a funny picture. And then there's a link to our, uh, our webpage with, it's called Instagram-freebie on our website, you know, slash the Instagram-freebie. And we'll have basically a, you know, a pop-up thing saying, if you sign up for our, our newsletter, we'll give you a free book and you can cancel it anytime. It's free. There's no, you know, no hitches or whatever. And then we can, you know, we have a new person that we can reach at any time. So I think newsletters are extremely important. If you're starting an online business, that's something you want to consider early on. Start building that list. You won't see a lot of, you won't see a lot of um, action until you get, a, you know, a lot of people. But it's once you do, once you get that critical mass, it's, uh, it's really powerful. And I guess it doesn't need to be a expensive initial um, outlay, doesn't it? You can do it all from, right. from your Outlook. Well, uh, yeah, but I would suggest, I believe, uh, I use MailChimp. Now, there are a lot of people who, I mean, there are other uh, mail services, but I believe MailChimp has a free plan for like up to, I'm just saying this off the top of my head, but like 5,000 subscribers or maybe it's 2,000 subscribers and only a certain amount you can send each month, but it's free. So I would say yeah, go ahead and just start good. with uh, whether it's MailChimp or, or one of these other ones. But yeah, because that will help you. If you send it from your Outlook or you send it from Gmail, uh, number one, it doesn't look as professional, although you can make it, make it look better. Um, but number two, there are certain, you know, MailChimp uh, and these other ones have, you know, have the, the, the tag at the bottom, you know, the unsubscribe and, you know, they follow all the international laws and <laughs> make sure that everything's up and up. So, so. for some simple, uh, for a couple of simple tweaks, it can look quite professional in the in from the beginning. Yes, absolutely. And then you can do fun things like, for example, someone subscribes and they immediately get, well, you know, like in my, it's, you know, I have a, a funnel where uh, in my case, people sign up for our, our newsletter and they immediately get an email once it's confirmed that you know the email is good. They get an email with a a link to our Dropbox to download this uh, free book for learning kanji. And it has the PDF, EPUB, and Mobi as well as the MP3 files, sound files of the Japanese. And it, that's all automated. I don't have to do anything. You know, once it's once they subscribe, they immediately get this email. 
And then they, they might get another email, uh, again, automated, uh, a week later saying, here's another freebie for you. So they have this funnel of you know, trying to get them. And then finally, the third email might say, by the way, if you enjoy what we're doing, uh, we have this uh, membership site called Makoto Plus. If you go to thejapanesepage.com, I'm giving you a little plug here, by the way, thejapanesepage.com uh, <laughs> slash Makoto. Uh, you know, you can, you can get fun lessons like this uh, every, almost every day, plus our easing. So email, email lists are so powerful. And having a funnel that's automated makes it uh, so much easier. It's, it's hard to build, but once you get it built, it's powerful. Speaking of Makoto, why did you call it this? My son's name is Makoto. <laughs> Makoto, is, uh, it means truth or sincerity. Oh, okay, the story is actually in 2004, you know how NHK, uh, NHK is the national uh, television and radio stations in, it's in correct. Japan. And every, uh, every year they have a new Taiga drama, a, a, um, a period piece where it's usually you know, it takes place in the Edo period, a samurai flick, basically. But it lasts the whole year. And every su- I don't remember which day it comes out, but every Sunday, for example, every Sunday night, you can watch you know, one episode of this, this uh, historical uh, show. And in 2004, when I still had that satellite uh, program, uh, which we have since canceled, but uh, they would show the Taiga drama, the, the period drama. And the one that was on in 2004 was called Shinsengumi. Shinsengumi was the last uh, samurai corps uh, before, the, uh, before the Meiji period, before, you know, at the end of the Edo period. Uh, and their motto was Makoto. <laughs> it's big kanji, uh, which I love the kanji. If you look at the kanji, it's uh, the left side is uh, to speak, you and the right side is to become not it so when truth and sincerity is when words become and i've always loved that kanji and i love the sound of makoto so when our son was born my wife said what do you want his what do you think is a good name and i said makoto i just said that i had no idea that they were actually that was actually a name uh, but the, you know it's a it's not a fairly common but it's a you know well it's a fairly common japanese name and she said, oh, I like that too. And I was like, okay, let's, let's call him Makoto. So my son's name is, is Makoto. And we, we, uh, I, I, like I said, I like that name. I like that word. So uh, we use that for our, our e-zine, our digital magazine as well. I think it's great. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head by using the words honest and genuine because my dealings with you have been, have been that way. It's quite oh, unique. Thank you. What's unique is your great service. You're, you're very... No matter how many people you've got on your books, you, you can you can target and just focus and well, you, you, on you one know, person. You know, especially with the internet, if you mistreat your customers, that's that should be another lesson. You you treat the customers right. You know, you mistreat your customers, everyone's gonna know. And but I really enjoy just meeting so many people. I'm like I said, I'm not very social, you know, I, in, in real life, I don't have a lot of friends that I go and hang out with and everything. I, I, I like my family. I like my small clique of friends, but, but online it's just so much fun meeting so many people, emailing. I meet, I talk to so many people by email every day and it's just been a great experience. I find every time someone signs up for my, my um, courses, hmm from another country, from part of the world I may not have heard of before, a city I may not be familiar with, I, I get a real rush 
Mm. And it brings me back to to emphasizing my my mission. Mm. I think that's very important. I think that's a huge part of what we do and having a great um, name that people can relate to, I think is wonderful. Yes. I, um, that's another thing. Names, if you're going to start a business, names are very important. Like I said, I was not I, I was not very creative with naming back 20 years ago. TheJapanesePage.com, TheJapanShop.com. <laughs> but... But I mean, it works. But uh, but being creative with names and main, making a meaningful name is uh, could make a, a big difference. I think there's also the part of part of uh, the the whole outlook that says you should sometimes, if your product is something people need to get used to, you should keep it really simple. Mm, yes, the kiss. So <laughs> keep it simple, stupid, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's that's right. So for a person that's starting out and is brand new to Japanese, which path would you recommend and why? Um, I would suggest learning hiragana first before you even really learn any konnichiwa or genki desuka or anything like that, just because uh, the temptation is, and I hear this sometimes a lot from people, and, and there are, it's possible to learn conversational Japanese without learning any of the written language uh, conversational Japanese really isn't that difficult. You know, I, I'm sure you've seen, you know, a lot of grammar is very regular. You know, once you kind of learn a sentence structure and some grammar and, and um, you know, like English spelling is just horrendous, but <laughs> Japanese spelling, if you will, is, is very regular. Building blocks is quite logical, isn't it? It's very logical. Uh, however, you can only get to a certain point. You know, and so if you kind of knock out hiragana early on, I think you'll have you'll be building the building blocks that will enable you to do go from upper beginner to intermediate, which is probably the hardest stage to break through. I think, you know, everyone gets a beginner. They're excited. They learn, learn, learn. They see their growth and everything. And they're upper beginner. And then suddenly it's like it doesn't matter how much you study. You're just not making the progress that you used to make. So getting that from the upper beginner to intermediate, if you already have hiragana and katakana, the, the kana down, and you're starting with kanji, then I think the Chinese characters, then I think it will help um, make the make you break into the intermediate stage much easier. So I would suggest learning hiragana. It takes about one to two weeks if you study a little bit every day. Um, in fact, if you go to our website, thejapanesepage.com, it's totally free. We have a, a full, everything you, you need to learn for Hiragana with sound files and, and some video and, and so forth and some downloadable PDFs for work, for like worksheets, worksheets <laughs> to work through the Hiragana. It's uh, all there for free. If you click on the, there's a bear that says something like uh, new to Japanese, click here. So if you click on the bear, it'll go to, uh, uh, well, I think there's one more click, but it will go to the Hiragana pages and you can learn Hiragana and then Katakana. And then you can start just having fun, you know, learn. Um, oh, and, uh, then I would say get a textbook. Get a textbook that will keep your, that will make your learning structured. But the fun, the good thing is most of the textbooks kind of already assume you know Hiragana. I mean, like I think Genki, which is probably the most uh, popular textbook out there. The first chapter, it teaches, quote, quote, uh, Hiragana. But, you know, of course you need a little bit more than, than that. So if you kind of, if you order the book, uh, through Amazon or, or through our website, we sell it too. But you know, I, I, 
where wherever you can get Genki for the cheapest price, that's great. Or what other what other textbook you want to use? Japanese for busy people or Japanese for from zero. Uh, order a textbook, and while you're waiting for it to come, learn hiragana, and that will help you so much. Hiragana textbook, and then fun stuff like Makoto Easing, for example. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> just, I think for motivation. Right? I think I think with. Um... The Olympics being in Japan over the next, mm. hopefully in the next uh, six to twelve months, <laughs> yes. that maybe um, you may get some more interest with your Japanese courses as well. Yes, I think most people are interested in Japanese coming from uh, manga or anime, which I think is great. Um, but uh, yeah, sp- I think sports, business, also there's a lot of reasons to learn Japanese. But for me, it was meeting people, and I just met some just the nicest people in the world. And I was like, I've got to learn your language. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. I find that one of the biggest reasons that I learned the language was because I needed to understand what my, my teachers were saying. So yes. I think that gave me great motivation. And the, the problem with that was every time I get to a certain level with my Japanese, these Japanese sensei would change the way they spoke to me, mm. which, which made it a challenge as well. That is that is a good point. I mean, com- uh, with what I said earlier about conversational Japanese being easy or well, <laughs> kind of easy, it's true. But there's so many polite levels. There's so many nuances for different situations that, uh, in one sense, conversational Japanese is extremely extremely hard. It's kind of like playing guitar. Guitar can be very very easy if you just learn a few chords and play some camp songs. But if you want to be Andre Segovia, you know, play classical guitar, that that takes that's that's probably it's you know it's either the easiest instrument to learn or the hardest instrument to learn, depending on the way you look at it. <laughs> you, your business is a family affair. That's that's, ah, that yes. that enables you to, to um, share that with your family and uh, enables yes. your 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 wife to have feedback about what it is you're doing. I think that's wonderful. I think I, I would love for every father every uh, husband to be able to work from home and see their children grow up. You know, for me, it was a rare event to leave, uh, you know, when my, my children were, were young and it's, it was it's so, so much. So I remember one time I had to go to, I think it was my bookkeeper <laughs> had to go sign a document or something. My son was Makoto. My son was, uh, I think two and he, he was a daddy's boy. And so I said, Yumi, uh, take Makoto and, and, you know, give him some ice cream or something. I have to go. <laughs> and so I, I, as soon as I closed the door, I was got in the car, cranked the engine. And I looked and, and right in front of me is this, you know, the big window uh, where the couch was. And there was Makoto banging against the window, crying of like, Oh, it broke my heart. Cause you know, I was always there. And it's just, it's, a, it's wonderful if you can be an entrepreneur and, and work from home and be with your family and see your children grow up. I think that that is a huge plus, and I've got a 24-year-old um, mm. Tom Thomas Yohei. He's his mother's Japanese. Oh, wonderful! And he lives very close to me, but we have a wonderful relationship. And I remember when when he was going through school, I never missed one assembly, I never missed one uh, carnival because I was there. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that made a huge difference into the way we relate now. Mm. Yeah. So I think if you can you can include that in your life, I think that's a wonderful thing. I think um, it's one of the the reasons to maintain a viable business online long term. 
Mm. I think and I think it's something having a long term online business is something which takes a fair bit of work. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was. <clears throat> I mean, we feel we're very uh, comfortable now. I mean, I would obviously love to grow it a lot, lot more, but um, you know, considering where we started <laughs> with that one Hiragana book. And we started importing electronic dictionaries. Do you remember those? <laughs> electronic yes, dictionaries. Yeah. The Canon, the Canon word tanks and all that. And that's where we started with uh, selling those. Uh, you know, I mean, your smartphone, your iPhone or Android is, is you know, a hundred times more powerful and faster too. But, uh, you know, that's, that's how we started the Japan shop, uh, basically, with our one book and the electronic dictionaries and the textbooks. But that was, uh, it was a slow start. You know, it was just, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I look back at some of our numbers and I'm like, how did we survive? <laughs> but Makes you it's wonder. worth it. It's worth it. If you, if you enjoy it, if you can, if you can manage our, uh, you know, a certain amount of risk versus security, if you can say, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to work really hard and, and I might fail, but I'm going to get back up and try. I might fail again. I'll get back up and try. Uh, Constantly looking for the for the for the for the correct way of of, of um, yes presenting I, your business like yes uh, just a quick example on that was when you and when you went onto my website and you said to me Andy why aren't you doing it this way and I'm like my God I never saw that <laughs> yes and I and please do that for me too I hope I wasn't sounding like uh, too critical because I was like oh this is great you have a great content great concept and everything. If you just, you know, like make this clickable or... <laughs> no, it was great. It was fantastic. It was so good to get a, a fellow online entrepreneur to to um, to tweak and give me some feedback. It was wonderful. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Just, yeah, to, finish, um, just, just to finish up, Clay, sure. um, what I like to do is I like to ask my successful entrepreneur, business entrepreneurs that I'm talking to, I like, I like to ask them the same two questions to finish off. Okay. You may or may not be able to answer this um, because my first question for example is do you have a morning ritual and no matter how simple that may seem I find that so many people do different things in the morning in order to get themselves set up for the day well what about you yes absolutely I'm definitely much more of a morning person than than evening Uh, at you know after about six or seven at night my brain shuts off (laughs) but I do try to do one thing before I go to bed I try to uh, come up with one to three goals for the next day. Uh, I don't always do that sometimes in the morning, but I try to come up with these goals so that when I wake up, it's it's not that stressful. But I try to get up around five. Sometimes it's a little earlier. Sometimes it's a little later. And I um, I, I, I go through a, a, uh, a Bible devotional, but I do that in Japanese. So that's a way oh, for me wow. to kind of multitask in a good way, not in a bad way. And then I read usually like a, a couple of news articles, um, you know, on a Japanese website and again, all in Japanese. And then I, uh, then I usually it's around six o'clock. I, I go and answer all my emails and I write and I have my list of one to three targets that I'm, I want to hit today. And uh, if by the end of the day, I have all three crossed out, it's a wonderful day. <laughs> you know, if what, sometimes, sometimes I was a little bit, uh, you know, too ambitious. And so I have to kind of break uh, one of the, the things down, but it's usually something I can hit. 
whether it's for a bigger goal or something that a task that can be done very easily. So you, uh, in a way, that's like having a checklist, and you exactly. You and mark so I think which are, uh, my my big thing is getting up early and you know, doing read some reading. Like if you're whatever whatever you're interested in, whatever your business is about. For me, it's Japanese. I want to improve my Japanese. I want to learn more. Um, but if you're selling, um, you know, sports equipment, well, you can you might want to read about. You know whether it's you know different ways of selling it or, or learning more about the different uh, manufacturers who are making your your equipment. So it's something um, which feeds your you personally and also feeds your your entrepreneurship. Exactly, exactly. That's, I couldn't put it better. My uh, and then, but that list is very important. Having that list on the side of my desk and I check off, and then if something comes up to mind. If, it, if I can get it done within five minutes, I'll do it right then, almost no matter what. <laughs> you know, if it just something comes to mind, like, oh, I can do that now, I'll do that. Or if I can't do it right now, I'll just write it down on my checklist and do it after I finish whatever I'm doing. And then mark them off. Marking off is just a great feeling. I think the one of the, the myths is that um, being an a online entrepreneur, that you become so busy, you have no time for anything. But I think one, one. I think one of the the, the thing that the most successful people do is they do things immediately, like you said, and quite often they can deal with things as they come up. And yeah, as long as you have that list, I think that I think you can organize without getting. Once you get it out of your brain, if it's in your brain, your idea, like I, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, you get stressed. But if you put it on the paper, get it out of your brain, put it on the paper. That stress is gone. I, I don't know if you if you agree with that or yeah, and you have that. Definitely. There's just something about it, something psychological about putting it on paper and like, oh, I don't have to worry about keeping it in my brain because it's on paper and I'll get to it when I can. And then just, you know, mark it off. Like, for example, this podcast has been at the top of my list for, for a few weeks now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to have the greatest pleasure ticking that off today. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. We we've tried to do this um, quite a few times, haven't we? Uh, it's been worth the wait, Clay. Just the final question I've got for you is: What has been your best investment? And that does not that, that does not have to mean money. Mm. So what's the one thing for you which you've invested in, which is gives you the most satisfaction? Um, it can be satisfaction. Your, your new SUV. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, well, okay. If we're talking about tools that I really enjoy working with, I think my, my favorite is my, uh, I have an iPad pro, uh, that I bought a couple of years ago and I was just like, I wasn't sure if it's be worth it. You know, I can make excuses, but, but what, what I do a lot, a lot of what I, uh, the kind of boring work I have to do is the editing. So whether my wife writes a story uh, and then, then either I or or, or um, Hiroko-san is one of our uh, employees. She, um, you know, she'll put the, the the vocabulary under it and and explain in grammar and stuff like that. And then I have to go through and I do the final edits. And sometimes I usually I do like three three run-throughs to edit everything. And before it was just like I would be sitting at my computer all day long, and it's just like hours and hours and hours. But with the iPad. I can just you know throw in a PDF version of what I get from Hiroko-san, and uh, I just pick up the Apple Pencil and go sit outside and enjoy the weather or listen to the birds while I'm editing you know with the pencil. 
And then I just go in and I make the corrections. And it's just so much nicer. I don't, you know, that's a tool, but it was a tool that uh, was worth it for me. Something which has simplified your life. And, uh, and I, I, can go to, I can go to the coffee shop and, and just enjoy, you know, some, a different scenery. And I'm still working. <laughs> the, the beauty of an online business, it can take it anywhere, any place. That's true. And anytime. Anytime. Well, Claire, it's been an absolute joy talking to you this morning. I, I love the idea that we've crossed boundaries and we've um, crossed cultures to share this time based on a, on a common yes, sir. format. Well, I want to I thank you so much for reaching out and, and, uh, to me originally and, and asking me to do this and having me on. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. So it's nice to meet you in person finally <laughs> or in voice. <laughs> Yeah, nice to meet you too, and I wish you all the best with um, with your with your online business. What I will do is I'll I'll leave all the links in the introduction that I that I write as part of this podcast, so people can get in contact with you. Um, Thank you very much. Yes, I'd okay. love to hear from Dina. Absolutely, I'd love to hear from a lot of people.